Hey everybody, I'm Tommy Chong, and I'm listening to Spoiler Country because they're cool guys. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Citizens of the Republic of Spoilerverse! Spoiler Country. I am Kenneth Regan. That is a laughing John Horsley. And today on the show, well, it's part duh of Tommy Chung. It is. It is. And I, I thought you were going to pass out with that long welcome there, but I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you, man, I'm glad you I, stood with us, man. I didn't even go halfway as long as I could go. Uh, we'll get there someday. Some, right? Someday. Right. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough hours in the day to make it through. Someday we'll have like an entire episode of just a welcome back. And we're gone. See you later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> welcome back. And we're done. <laughs> oh, man. So this is the episode where you're going to hear the actual story that we teased you on the last episode at the end. Because yeah. that's just what I do nowadays. I, I have fun with it. It's, it's a good story. It's a great story. So it's, you know, I don't know. Maybe I should have kept it one episode. But no, you don't get that. You get two. <laughs> no, it's good. Tommy was a lot of fun. And I... I hope we can convince him to come back when he talk about the documentary with those documentaries. Oh, me did. too. Me too. Yeah, because I want one. Well, one, I want to see the documentary, and two, I want to talk to him and his daughter about it because it sounds like a good time. Yeah, yeah, it was cool, man. I I don't know. I I'm still in shock that we had Tommy Chong on. Dude, I'm still in shock we had Tommy Chong on twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is that his phone went out and we had to call him back and he answered right away, and right. then his phone went out a second time and he called us back. Yeah, just let you know, I left all that in because it was funny. Usually, when he, you know, when he, he, when that happens, a lot of times if they have to call us back, they're not going to call us back, right? You know what I mean? Because they're busy and they get going. But he's like sitting around with Sugar Ray Leonard and having barbecues, which was dude hilarious. <laughs> That's the life, man. <laughs> Can you imagine that is the life. Just Tommy Chong and Sugar Ray just just hanging out. It sounds like a good sounds like a good time, right? A good barbecue. Uh, well, let's get into I mean, the second half because <laughs> I think it's amazing to listen to Tommy Chong in his own words. Girls will make you do, man. The things that you'll go through just to impress that one girl. <laughs> that's that's how Cheech got into pottery. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God! Oh, you got to tell us the story. <laughs> Cheech, when he went up to when he, he you know, he had to avoid the draft because they they drafted his ass. Yeah, you know because and so so he had to 
trip up to Calgary. But while he went up there and he worked with the top uh, uh, potter, like I said, Cheech is very artsy. Yeah. But so I asked him just recently, I said, how'd you get into potter? He said, well, I met this girl. (laughs) 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 And she was taking pottery. (laughs) So I took pottery. (laughs) And so next thing I know... (laughs) When, when me and the the native uh, Albus used to play guitar, practice, you know, uh-huh. learn tunes, uh, girls or the girls would phone or we'd we'd phone them, and and we'd say, hey, listen to this. Then we put the phone down and we'd play and forget they were on the phone. Yeah, and we'd play for a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> then we look and look. Oh, the phone! Oh, pick up the phone, and they'd still be there. Wow, incredible! You knew you're doing yeah, something right girl, at that point. The girls did it. Yeah. yeah. No, once once she came down uh, and she brought everybody. And then the club was so successful for like five awesome. years straight. Yeah. Every night, seven nights a week. We just never closed. And we just uh, we just pumped it out. And, you know, it was after hours started, 11 o'clock at night, go to 6 in the morning. And, it was, you know, we had no problem. Yeah. You know, playing, you know, playing all night. And, uh yeah, it was it was great. Is and that, so then, is that when Cheech came into the picture? Nope, nope. That was the after hours club. That's when uh, uh, Motown came into the picture. Oh, uh, Diana Ross, Diana Ross. Uh, what? It was it was doing a show, and her and the Supremes came down to the club, and once they heard us, Diana phoned Barry Gordy and said, "You got to hear this guy. You got to hear this group." And so Barry literally flew to Vancouver. And heard us and signed us, and then forgot about us, <laughs> and and then we, uh, yeah, that was it. What was there? it like? Oh yeah, what was it like meeting Diana Ross? I'm kind of shocked. I didn't know that you uh, that she came and played your club. That must have been exciting. Well, no, she didn't play. She was playing in the in the big clubs yeah. in town, but it was the after hours club. No, but she, she still came, came and hung out in your club, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She came down. That was the whole thing. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I never saw her. I was busy doing something else, but, but, uh, you know, I was told, Bobby told me, yeah, Bobby Taylor. And then, uh, the next thing you know, Barry's flying in and, and everybody's sucking up to Barry, you know? Oh yeah, I'm sure. They told, they told Barry that we retired the chair that Barry sat in. <laughs> <laughs> Could you even pick out the chair after you left? <laughs> what was Barry Gordy like? Great, 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 great. I, again, you know, because he heard Bobby. I didn't. I didn't meet him the night that he came. Right. Uh, but uh, but we heard, you know. And then we got the contracts and and all that stuff, you know. And and, and like amazing. I said, he forgot about us. So what we did, we booked ourselves all the way from Vancouver to L.A. Uh, no, from Vancouver. We then we worked uh, Seattle mm-hmm. uh, in a club in Seattle, and then we worked a club in. Uh, in Los Angeles, the Maverick Flats, and and the word of word got out that you know Bobby Taylor in the bank. Oh. oh no, we lost him. I'll call him back, oh, man. I'll call him back. All right, I got Tommy Chong's phone number. Freaking awesome. <laughs> he said he gets bad reception up there sometimes. Yeah, I heard that. We'll give him a, we'll give him a minute, and then we'll call him back. Give it a minute, yeah. 
Dude, he's great. He's oh, freaking yeah. hilarious. He's funny and he's just so open. You know? <laughs> so I knew earnest, it was gonna be good. So honest. Yeah, it's just very earnest. That was a great word for it. Yeah. I'm having a lot of fun to sit here listening, taking notes. <laughs> yeah, he's fun. All right, let's try again. Hello. Hey, there you are. What happened? We got I don't know, you off? just yeah, we just got disconnected for a second. Or not for a okay. second. Yeah. Okay, okay. We heard anyway. You were playing in LA. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, um, you know, on our way to Motown. Yeah. You know, it was, it was exciting. <laughs> First of all, uh, we had to get a new band <laughs> because uh, the band that we got discovered with, yeah, they, they went down to uh, L.A. to celebrate, you know, that we got signed with Motown. Right. And then they couldn't get back into Canada. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> How come they couldn't get back in? Had, well, they never had work permits. Oh. They were up there working illegally. Oh, <clears throat> you know, and uh, and so we had to get a, another. Oh, we got this phenomenal drummer from Portland. Yeah, and we picked up the musicians as we went down to the states, and so we played Seattle, then we played uh, uh, L.A., and then we flew from L.A. to right to Detroit. Is this like uh, '67, '66? That was yeah, it was '67. As when we recorded it. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. 66, 67, when we finally recorded it. Yeah. And, you know, our claim to fame, you know, we we, we, we recorded, I wrote a poem, and this uh, songwriter that was hanging around with us actually was in the group for a while. Uh, yeah. Back in the day, uh, piano player. <clears throat> he he saw my writings, and he, he asked me if he, he could take it home and, and put music to it. And I said, sure. And so that was, uh, does your mama know about me? Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah. So we we uh, we had a hit song right away, and Diane Ross loved the song, so she recorded it uh, as well. I saw Bobby yeah. Taylor's interview, and he talked about how he didn't like the song. He's like, I don't, I didn't like that song, but uh, Gordy said, no, that's a smash hit. That's a smash hit. <laughs> I was like, oh, Bobby said, all right, that. yeah. <laughs> It's on no, the. Uh, he's lying. Oh, uh, dude, he's it was lying. funny. I mean, because he did his he, he did his Barry Gordy impression, and he yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. True, and I was like, well, he definitely you know, had a glint know, in his eye when gleam in his eye while he was saying it. You know. Well, you you know the thing is, we met Barry Gordy, and Barry Gordy wanted to meet the guy who wrote the song, the music, yeah. Tom Barrett. Well, he wasn't with us, and Barry goes, "What? <laughs> well, you better get him. <laughs> That's the guy you want." You know, <laughs> and so so Tom Baird flew in. I think the next day, and then he stayed with Motown until he he, he got killed in a in a very tragic boat accident. But he he stayed with Motown. Did uh, Vanilla Fudge? Oh, cool! Oh, yeah, yeah. He he did. I yeah, it was Vanilla Fudge, or or there's another group out of, out of Motown, a white guys uh, rock rock band. Anyway, uh, uh, Tom Mountain? and I. Yeah, Tom and I never. We only wrote that one song. Yeah, he 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 liked the thing, but Bobby said he didn't like the song. <laughs> yeah, it's on the. Uh, you can you can YouTube it when he, it was like a, one of those behind the music or uh, yeah, or maybe it was your yeah. E True Hollywood Story of Cheech and Chong. That's what it was. Yeah, but you know Bobby Bobby has a he had a gleam in his of, eye when he was saying it, and then he did his well, very yeah, gory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, well, you know <laughs> they used to have a Bobby Taylor alert at Motown. Oh, that's funny. Because Bobby was so ridiculous. He was like John Belushi. You know, there was always a, a Belushi alert whenever he went anywhere. 
you know, because they get all jazzed up on coke or something, and then they would have these great ideas. Oh, you got to hear this, you know? Yeah. Like Belushi would walk in and, and just rip off whatever was playing on the on the sound and put on his his uh, CD and yeah. he'd crank it up and it'd be some punk rock group, you know? <laughs> and he'd just turn it up loud. Well, Bobby used to imitate Barry all the time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Chewing on his tongue. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, 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 I um, love it. And so they had a Bobby Taylor alert. The, as soon as he walked in, the receptionist would phone everybody and say, Bobby Taylor's in the building. Bobby Taylor's in the building. <laughs> and so you could either lock your door or, or you know, disappear <laughs> or, or or put up with it. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. How did you? Yeah, ma- Barry. Barry's still here. He's, uh, you know, I see Su- Suzanne DePass mm-hmm. once in a while because, you know, with my along with my Trumpy friends, uh, she's in the gang. So I, every once in a while, uh, I'll see Suzanne. And, That's cool. And I'll, I'll get my latest Barry Gordy update. Yeah, but he he was a very 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 cool guy. That's cool. Yeah, because when I got fired from from Motown because I had to get a green card, you know. Yeah. We we got deported from. Uh, 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 Detroit, right? Almost right away, because now the, the, the black band, the black musicians got kicked out of Canada, right? Yeah, and so we hired all these white musicians from Canada. Well, they got kicked out of the states, <laughs> 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 including me. Oh <laughs> man! And so I had to get a green card, and I knew I was going to get a green card anyway. Yeah, and so I got one for myself, one for my wife, my uh, my first wife. Maxine, yeah, and the girls, and and I got all the girls down here legally, and we got everything fine. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, but uh, the and then I was working for Barry. I was kind of like uh, being in a house band for one of his girlfriends. Yeah, <clears throat> and and that was the gig I had to miss to go to get my uh, my uh, uh, green card. And so Johnny Bristow, who was the, the road manager at the time. Uh, he had no idea what a green card was and, and he was trying to be this authoritarian uh, road manager. So he told me, if you leave, you're fired. <laughs> I kind of chuckled, you know, right. because, uh, like, I got it. You know, who's, who's this guy telling me, you know, right. I know Barry, I got Barry Gordy's personal phone number. <laughs> so, so, but he, he to his word, I came back to the gig and I knew I was fired because I was in Detroit. Yeah, where we had to go, and there was no ticket for me to go back to uh, to uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And, and I was waiting for my, you. I had my girlfriend there yeah. and, her, and our and our new baby, and, and so so I had to go back. And then I got told, you know, I got fired right in front of everybody. And now they could have saved me. Yeah, you know the band. The band could have said, "Okay, if they're fired, I'm fired too," but of course they never, you know. And that right. that gave me more reason to quit. Anyway, and so so after we quit, I, I you know, we saw a movie called uh, "I Love You, Alice B. Toklas" mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Peter Sellers. Yep, I know that movie. And it was all about it was all about L.A. So we're sitting in cold ass Detroit, saying, "What are we, we doing go here? LA. Let's go to L.A." So we <laughs> we packed up, we moved to L.A. Barry Gordy gave me enough money to do that, and he gave me a nice, nice little bundle to uh, continue with. That's and, integrity, uh, like we were talking about earlier. That's awesome. Absolutely, and and then years after Cheech and I, you know, got our hit record. Yeah. Here, Barry Gordy shows up at the the 
the comedy club with uh, Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Stevie became a big Cheech and Chong fan. Oh, that's awesome. Because, you know. Oh, my God, I love Stevie Because I did a bit called Blind Melon Chitlin. <laughs> Stevie <laughs> loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, so Barry Gordy, Barry Gordy came up. We had a nice little reunion. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, that's, that's a great story. When you uh, started writing out the movies, you did, I think you co-wrote the first four, right? Yeah, I kind of wrote them all. Yeah. Oh, really? I, yeah. I got to tell you, yeah. I, I feel like the Corsican Brothers is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I thought it was, under- oh, I'm glad. I Thank thought you. it was underrated. I thought people like, cause everybody wanted to like, cause it was, it was more of a complete movie to me, you know? And, yeah. and the, the, everybody just wanted the, the short skits like you did in Up in Smoke and Nice Dreams and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They wanted – every, every, they always want your hit movie. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, it was Cheech that really wanted the Corsican Brothers to be the way it was. I loved it. Because he didn't want to do that. He, he, he didn't want to do anything. Right. He didn't want to work. He didn't want to go. didn't want to do the Corsican Brothers. Then he said, okay, if we do the Corsican Brothers, let's not have any dope in it. Let's let's do a straight movie. I said, I'm fine. Okay, fine. So, yeah. So I, I I I literally wrote. You know, I would use Cheech's uh, experiences. You know, he would tell me a story, and I'd make a movie out of it. You know. Yeah. And and, and that's what we've done all along. You know, same as the the record bits. And that, yeah. You know. Well, he would give me a he'd give me a little hint, and then I'd flesh it out and 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 and, and put it all together because you know I, I was the one the older one was the experience you know, right. especially recording experience you know right and and so I had that I learned that you know with Motown and and you know that whole system, but as far as the movie goes, see no one wanted I was the only one that wanted to do a movie right because I didn't want to go back to Australia yeah. Because uh, every time we'd play Australia, we'd miss winter. I mean, summer. Right. We, yeah. So we would go to Australia, be there winter, and then we come back for our winter. You'd have flipped then that we'd around. We'd go to back to Australia for their winter. Right. Back, you know, and I got tired. I said, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to do a movie. With Cheech and Chong got to do movies. And so the first movie right. I wrote was was uh, Jack and the Weedstock. Yeah. That was the first one. But then Lou got involved, and so Lou wanted to do uh, uh, Cheech and Chong's Greatest Hits so he could have his records, you know, be in the movie. Uh, but then halfway through, you know, just writing the movie, the first part, uh, Cheech and I decided we'll use the Pedro and Man characters. And so then I wrote the, the scenario for them, you know, the, the weed truck and, yeah. uh, you know, getting busted. You know, and and the whole premise of uh, that's a classic. I'm, I, you know, the opposites. I'm, I'm from a rich family, and he's from the poor Chicano family. Because yeah. I wanted to show the the mixing of the of the cultures, and and how how music uh, unites everybody. Yeah, you know, and 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 that's what I did. And then I also wanted to show how healthy marijuana was compared to. Uh, the other drugs, yeah, you know, which I think I did, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a surprise hit, and then unfortunately, you know, uh, people took advantage of uh, our nativity, you know, we were kind of <laughs> naive, and uh, you know, I mean, we still got scars, it still hurts to sit down, but yeah, we made it through, we it still hurts through. to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> what? In Nice Dreams, you had Pee Wee Herman on. 
Did you yeah. did you guys when you met him? Did you know that he would be what he became? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because he, he well, see, I was trying to pay homage to the improvisational uh, schools because yeah. that's how I got my start. You know, I was I'd go to the committee, I'd go to Second City, and sit there and be entertained. Then I'd remember the bits, and then I'd show my my group the bits, and we would do our version of it. You know. And that's really, you know, we got our start with the improvisational uh, techniques. And so I, I tried, I reached out to the committee, but they weren't at all, you know. And so I went to the groundlings, and that's where I found Pee Wee and uh, a ton of people. Yeah. I didn't find Michael Winslow there. Uh, a casting agent found Michael up in uh, San Francisco. Okay, he's so good. And, and so, so we got Michael. But uh, for the most part, I, I would use all improvisational actors. Yeah, you know, smart. And, and and real funny people, real right. good comedians. Well, that's your background, you know? right? You, that's what you you started doing all that. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you know what I learned? Uh, it's just instinctive. Yeah. That if if you give someone a chance their first chance, then you got a loyal subject or loyal, yeah. uh, whatever cameraman or writer or actor, you, they're loyal to you for, right. for, for forever. You were their first. Right. And, and, and people don't forget that. And so a lot of people that we had, and it was, and, and I've always wanted to get my wife, you know, in the movie, yeah. you know, because she was out. Oh, we lost you. Are you there? that he couldn't oh, complain about me putting her in the, in every other movie after that. <laughs> so we, right when you said, I try to get my wife in the movies, you cut out. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then, uh, so, so what I did, I, I put Cheech's wife in the uh, next movie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so, so he couldn't say anything and she did a beautiful job. Ricky. Yeah. You know, she was, a, she was a rich girl. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, and then I put both of them in the course. And uh, see, at that time, Cheech really didn't want to do any. See, Cheech really didn't like our producer, yeah, Howard Brown. He was the guy that uh, put put us. First of all, got us free of Lou Adler, and he got us uh, uh, got us the, the four movie deals. You know, or three was it three? De- yeah, three movie deals. You know, so so. Um, Cheech was still angry about that, you know. Yeah. And then he, then he, well, he he got tired of being Cheech. Yeah. Being, you know, the Cheech of uh, playing the same character. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, you know, I mean, it's up to you. You know, it's yeah. up to you what you do with your character. Yeah. Yeah. But he but played the same uh, character in Born in East LA, which I love that movie. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's the same character. Well, the the thing was in Born in East LA, he never had me telling him what to do. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he he just went on his own and he did his own, you know. And um, and I was thinking I, for a while there, you know, he he might have uh, thought he had a career there, but you know, he he it's not his love. Yeah, it's not. But it's not. You know, he he likes to work. Is <laughs> when when you think back of your guys' long career and all the things that you've done, is there anything that you would? Oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. Just dropped oh. again. Yeah. Hey, this time you called me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. When you think back over your career, is there anything that you would have done different to get to the place that you're at now? You know, thinking about it, no. Yeah. No. First of all, 
every decision I made, you know, had consequences. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the whole point. That's the it whole is point. right. I, I, I could have, uh, I, you know, I could have sued Lou Adler. I could have, uh, we could have been in litigation and gone through all that crap. And then who knows, you know, but I wanted to just make movies. And so rather than that, I, I didn't want to hurt anybody's uh, yeah. life, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I couldn't No, We're doing a, do- a documentary, uh, my, uh, Robbie, my daughter and, and her husband, Dave, mm-hmm. um, they're filmmakers and, and they're, we're doing a documentary, really in depth look at my life and Cheech's life. Oh, that's awesome. And, and it'll, there's a lot of questions like that in, in there, you know, but would have you done anything different? Well, just like the bongs, yeah. you know? I mean, there were guys that I met that could have warned me, you know, that knew that the the feds were stalking me. Right. But they never told me. Ugh. And rather than get mad at them, I said, you know, you don't want to mess with uh, with fate. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I'm but that's. I, I mean, it's commendable that you would get mad at them because I, I I feel what you're saying, but it's kind of like the friend that laughs at you because you got a booger hanging out your nose, but doesn't say anything. And then let you walk off with this booger hanging out your nose as you go talk yeah. to all these different people and go buy a record yeah. and do all this stuff. And you're like, man, yeah. you couldn't tell me how to bat in the cave? What's going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, but then things work out. Because yeah. if nothing else, you find out their character. Right. You know, that, right. if nothing else, if nothing else. They're going to be who they are. Now you know that. Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so no, you know, regrets, no. No, none at all. If, if anything, I, I, that's one thing you don't want to have. Yeah. Because that, that drags you. That's like having too much clothes on when you're swimming. Right. <laughs> you <know? laughs> right. It just drags you, you down. Know. Yeah. It's yeah. like getting yeah. in the ocean with your sneakers on. What are you doing? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. No, no. I mean, that's the whole point of life. Yeah. Life really is to be lived. And all those mistakes, you know, when I do cameos in that, sometimes they'll ask me, give some advice and you know just you know just keep keep your eyes open and just enjoy the shit out of everything i love it because because it's it's exciting and it only only happens once it's not forever yeah i had a conversation with uh tim leary one time yeah and and tim was always trying to talk about leaving the planet you know getting a spaceship finding another earth you know and and I, I one night I told Tim, Tim, we're already on a spaceship. <laughs> we're floating through this thing. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't get a better spaceship than the one we're on. You don't have to get in some cramped quarters, wearing special suits so you can breathe. Yeah, you know, you can go through space, enjoying the hell out of yourself. We're already on a spaceship. Yeah, you can drop your LSD and be fine. And you know what he said to me? No. He said, oh, you're just like John Lennon. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, it come from Timothy Leary. I take that as a compliment. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine a guy like Leary said, yeah, you're just like John Lennon. Oh, man. John, I, tried you- to te- I tried to teach him, and he didn't learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you told everybody to drop out. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it hey when your documentary is getting close 
I, we'll reach out because I'd love to have you and, and your daughter back on to and your daughter on to talk about the documentary. I mean, that would be amazing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it, it it's it's that's smoking. exciting. It's good. It's going to be good. How? You know, I mean, it should have been finished. Well, it was finished like yeah. three years ago, but uh, Dave and and Robbie, my the, the filmmaker, because he, he got to know me, and then he realizes. That, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of layers there. Yeah, there's a lot of layers. You know, it's not just the Tommy Chong uh, onion. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like my cameos. Sometimes, you know, people will ask me to do a cameo, and they'll say, uh, uh, "Just, just be funny." Right. Just <laughs> be funny. What? <laughs> well, it's not that easy, you know. Yeah. It's like telling someone, "Oh, right, just take a share." You know, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, no, do it no, now. Drop your drawers, take a shit right in front of us right now. <laughs> no, there's a few things that has to happen before you can do that. <laughs> preload that. But, but, but I understand, you know, because they're paying so much money for the cameo. Yeah. You know, they want their money's worth. Right, <laughs> right. But the, but the smart ones, they'll ask me uh, to for some wisdom. Right. You know, now that. Because uh, you know I'm a, I'm an old guy. I've been around. I can I can definitely uh, help you in that area. You know, yeah. But as far as making you laugh, yeah. Uh, I have to get to know you, yeah. Because you know I don't know what your sense of humor is. You know what makes you laugh, right? You know, sometimes what makes me laugh makes other people cry. You know. Well, just do Wednesdays with Chong. We'll, we'll call you every <laughs> Wednesday, and we'll get nuggets of wisdom from Chong. <laughs> well, if you if you need it, you know, I mean that 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 really is our 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 uh, you know job now. Yeah. And when you get older, you know that that's what your job and and really the best you can do to people is just say keep going, keep doing it. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Don't stop. I love like it. Like I got a watch. I got one of those Amazon watches. Yeah. And every once in a while, it'll it'll ring and I'll say, "Okay, you got to stand up now." <laughs> <laughs> Give me three thousand steps, then you can sit back down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I do. I, I look at. Oh, okay. So I stand up. <laughs> hey, how did you make it? How did How did you make it through the sixties, seventies, and eighties? All the excess. That was going on, especially in the drug culture, and you're known for the stony comedy counterculture of everything. You know, what did you do that that was different than watching some of these people that couldn't make it through? What I did, um, role models. Yeah, my role models were always bodybuilders. Oh, interesting. Steve Reeves, Schwarzenegger. Uh, uh, well, Arnold to some degree. Yeah. I know. I knew Arnold when he first came over. He used to sit on the beach with my wife. He's a good guy. He doesn't remember now, but uh, and uh, you know, uh, she, Arnold. Uh, yeah, but what it is it was the weightlifter philosophy, the bodybuilder's philosophy mm-hmm. that I really loved. It was workout, <laughs> lay in the sun, <laughs> eat healthy. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. That's it. And read. Read as much as you can. That's you know, interesting. So That's great work advice. On, work on that brain as well as 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 your muscles. Do you have you any know? suggestions on books that people should read today? For for bodybuilding? No, or, just or for books in general. Yeah, or maybe it is uh, bodybuilding, but in general. Well, no, the 
there's a there's a book that I use with my with my daughters mm-hmm. uh, because after I had a cancer operation, uh, you know, there's there's spiritual books that I that I discovered many many years ago, <clears throat> and uh, and so I, I I just read them and reread them just over and over again. And uh, but I I couldn't read, so I asked my daughter to come read to me, and wow, <laughs> what happened? Both my daughters, you know, they were, you know, at that time of their life, you know, little midlife crisis kind yeah. of thing, you know, and they started reading to me, and they got as much out of it as I would get out. Oh, of that's it, awesome! That's know? awesome. And and so so that's what I that's one of my uh, go to things with my daughters. They, they it's, do you want a chapter? Yeah, come on over. And so they come over and they'll read me a chapter. Oh, that's and nice. So the, now the book is there's the two books. One is uh, two authors really. One author is uh, Emmett Fox, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a spiritualist. And he wrote about the Ten Commandments, and he and what he is, he kind of explains the Bible. Oh, interesting. You see, the the Bible wasn't written as as we know it, right? You know, with the verses and the chapters and all that. You know, it, it was far from it. It wasn't even close to to that. The reason they they sectioned the, the Bible up the way they did was so that so that you could take bits and pieces of it, but the Bible basically was not to be taken verbatim either. Right. You see. And so Emmett Fox teaches you what different things in the Bible means. You know, like uh, uh, going up to the mountain doesn't necessarily mean a real mountain. Right. You know, it can, it can be a, a, a part of your life, you know, oh, that's that, that, that thing. And, and so when you, when you learn these, it's like learning uh, directions. Yeah, to something you know, you you get somebody ship you something, and and then you put, try to put it together, and, and the last thing you do is to read the directions. <laughs> well, the Bible—that's the first thing you should do for life, because it, the Bible is full of life lessons. Yeah, you know, and the whole thing. You know, there really was there was a Moses, but what he did, you know, same as Jesus. Uh, there was a Jesus, right? But he he wasn't white. And he wasn't tall, and he wasn't blonde. He was probably five foot seven, probably very, very brown, and very nondescript. Right. And he was a laborer, so he probably was built pretty good. You know, they call him a carpenter, but that's a nice way of saying laborer. Right. You know, and 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 uh, and, and and the, and so when they wrote the Bible, they wrote parables parables and and they weren't really true like there was a man well yeah there was quite a few men <laughs> you know uh, and and so when you read emmett fox he he gives you the meanings the true meanings of it no oh, interesting and so he does a sermon on the mount and he does the uh, and that's the ones i've been reading lately yeah now i got another book another writer his name is joel s goldsmith I'm looking, now, I'm looking book, these up as you say them. Yeah, his 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 book changed my life, literally. Uh, I I have been on on a spiritual path for some time now. Of course, the jazz musician turned me on. Yeah, you know? and so once he did, then then I got into these uh, 
uh, uh, lob. Oh, did I lose you? No, no, you're still, we're still here. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I'm listening. Uh, there's a, another writer called T. Lobsang Rampa, uh, and he wrote a book called The Third Eye. Now, that was the very first book that I wrote, read that, that changed my life. Yeah. <clears throat> and then from then on, I just uh, started Catherine Ponder. She's another uh, self-help guru. Kind my, of. Mine so, was uh, Paulo Colo. Who Paulo did, Colo. Yeah, he did The Alchemist. I might have said his name oh, wrong. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, right, that one right. changed the way I thought about the things around me, um, what I was living for, and and was I really going after the right things? You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. it just made me think of, I should be listening to what my inner monologue is telling me more than well, what, sure. what the news is telling me I'm supposed to be interested in. Well, both, both. Yeah. You see, you're, 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 you know what I, I tell people? I said, we all have a God app. Yeah, you know, we all have a God app, and God is the most uh, uh, used spiritual word. It's, it's probably the most uh, powerful word in, in the English language or any language. Yeah, God. I mean, just mention of the word God. Everybody knows. can can change everything. And this is what I tell people. You know, this is what I've been doing. I, I tell, I preach it to everybody, is that. Uh, Especially with regrets or or fears or anything, you know, if you get jealous or any kind of weird thoughts creep into your mind, replace it. Replace yeah. the thought with the word God or just the thought of God. Yeah. And, uh, and miracles happen when you do that. But you really have to do it. You have to, you know, because once you do that, you'll feel a physical change come over you. You know, you feel this relaxation. It's like getting high. Yeah. You know, and all you have to do is use that God app, which is just thinking. Put God in your think thought process. And once you do that, then everything God comes to you, you know, and everything good comes to you. And like the thoughts, because that's what you want. You want good thoughts to come to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like and the that. good thoughts are sometimes answers to your problems. All of a sudden, you go, "Oh, I know what I can do with that." Oh, especially if you're writing a movie or something. You know, all of a sudden you go, "Oh, right." After we do this, we can do that. Yeah. Oh, right. I better write that down. Or if you're writing songs, you know, what what what, what do I want? All of a sudden, oh, right, that word works. You know, because, and that's really God uh, uh, answering your prayers. Yeah. You see? Yeah. And, and because we're, we're praying, praying, you know, it killed me, you know, when they had the uh, uh, the shutdown, you know? Yeah. And the churches were pissed because they couldn't, couldn't make money off these people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it cracked me up. <laughs> God wants them in here. <laughs> no, 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 God does not want, <laughs> want people to get COVID. <laughs> you understand? That's why it's called a pandemic. That's right. That's right. It's to keep you, keep your mouth shut. You yep. see? Keep your physical see, body safe. But just keep your... Put something on your face to keep that trap shut, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you don't go to church because the Bible teaches you you don't need a church to pray in. Oh, man, you know how long Where? it took us to get my 80-year-old mom to to not want to go to church? 
and I to go on Zoom and just be, yeah. she's so stubborn. It was like, well, if I'm going to yeah. get it, I'm going to get it. And it's like, you know, it's God's will. If I'm going to get it, it's God's will. Like, no, mom, no. You're, no. you don't make it easy. No. <laughs> you don't make, no. he, it's not like, hey, there's yeah. a killer in the other room. You don't go, well, let me oh, run yeah. over to that other room then. <laughs> <laughs> or you can be like the Eskimos, you know, uh, when, when they get too old, they walk yeah. out into the cold. Oh, that's crazy! They, I didn't know that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, wow. because they don't want to. They don't. They, because they they don't want to. Uh, you know, especially for food. Yeah, you see. Oh. So when they when they're, they don't want to be a burden. They don't want to be a burden, so they right. walk out into the cold, and and that's where they die. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 unless your grandma wants to do that, but yeah, they have to go to church. Yeah. Because you know they've been brainwashed into that. Yep. yep. But but no 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 no. Once she got oh, to I, Zoom I, though, she's been okay. Oh yeah, there you go. That yeah. same as my wife. You know she's on Zoom with all her her lessons and that. Yeah. I think it's going to change. It has changed the world oh, in yeah. so many ways. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because yeah, shit. I you know I'm 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 not going to leave. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I love my house, man. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want you to go anywhere. I don't want you getting COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to be safe and healthy. Okay. Okay. I think my wife is calling me now. Okay, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on and being a part of this. We really appreciate it. It was we. I know yeah, we took way so more time than we thought we were going to. So we really appreciate no, that's that. Okay. So that's okay. You right. guys take advantage of an old yappy old guy. I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you yep. see through our veil. Very easily. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Yep. Wow. (laughs) That was cool. How cool was that? That's awesome. And we're back, man. (laughs) How awesome was that? Oh, man. Dude, Tommy Chong was great. As I told you before, one of my favorite memories from as a kid is my buddy Jeff had one of their records, an actual record, and it had the yeah. the Rotten Peter, the 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 gonorrhea song on it. I still to this day the 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 gonorrhea song gets stuck in my head, and it's that's that we listen, we, we listen to that record so many times. I can't even. I'm surprised it would still play. If you, it was like every day we put it she on. She just grooved it. out. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It's just, it's just smooth. <laughs> Mine was a Mexican Americana. Like to get up early, so when they do it, like to do it real slow. Oh, that's what always sticks in my head. I yeah, oh. I listened For- and watched their movies and listened to their comedy albums. My oh, Up and Smoke is so good. Oh, I wanted to tell him. I forget. I, I neglected to tell him because it just when we we're we we're talking, it just couldn't fit it into the conversation. And I wish I would have, but. When I was in high school, my buddy's dad had the big bamboo album. And yeah. if you didn't know, in the album was a giant bamboo rolling paper, just one. <laughs> and it's about the size of a 15 inch monitor. <laughs> right. And so oh, man. we took that and we rolled the biggest joint you ever saw in your life. We, you know, we put it, we put a quarter ounce of weed mm-hmm. and then a bunch of shake around it and we just rolled it up like a big old fat doobie and it took us oh, two geez. days to get through it yeah you know i didn't ever try marijuana until i was 35 oh really yeah i didn't i never tried it until my 30 actually my 35th birthday i tried it oh john's like 36 and you guys do the math i'm, I'm 38 but <laughs> thank you hey i'll try to keep you uh, younger come on <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that well if you ever was going to call me the old man, now I'm the young one. So I don't know. You're kind of kind of confused here, man. 
Well, you you have old man tendencies, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shut up. Get off my lawn. Um, No, yeah, I didn't try until I was like 35. And honestly, when I tried it, I was like, I I, got it. You did it for pain management more though, right? What's that? You did it for pain management more, right? Yeah, I did it for for, uh, pain management and anxiety. Yeah. And it worked. It actually worked really well for anxiety. It didn't do shit for pain management, but it worked really well for anxiety. Nice. Because at the time when I had, I was having... We were moving from place to place. We were having a lot of, it was a lot of things going on. I was like right. getting like anxious and panic attacking and stuff. And it would, it helped a ton for that. But I haven't, I mean, I haven't, I haven't partaked in the, 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 the leaf probably in a year and a half, two years or so, something like that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But Tommy John talks about those, uh, those, like those, uh, what are they? The, the breath mint strip things they they make for, yeah. for, for them. Yeah. And I am interested in trying those. Cause those, those look cool. Yeah. I'm going to have to go down to California and get those. Um, yeah, they have blueberry flavored ones. I like I like blueberry stuff. It's interesting because you meet somebody like him that that is obviously able to do it on a daily or however often he does it. Uh, yeah, and, and he has no problems. And I have many friends that have no problems smoking every day and living their life. Yeah, not lazy. Yeah. Not you know what I mean. Very successful. Uh, I I have two friends that are daily smokers that own their own successful businesses. You know. Yep. I am not like that. You know, right. and it doesn't matter. <laughs> People go, "Oh, you should try sativa. You should try this. You try that." It doesn't matter on the strain. I have, I have tried yeah. a lot of them. I was, I smoked heavily in my late teenage years and into my twenties, uh, more than an average person should do. <laughs> and we'll just put it right. that way. And I just twenty five years old. You know, my older brother and and one of my and my older sisters had both. All three had gone to college. They're all starting their careers, and. Um, they were all going to college at the time that, you know, when I was their age, right? So when they were 25, they were all getting through and getting done. And here I am at 25 and I didn't do anything. And I was um, a manager at a video store, you know? <laughs> Perfect job for and you. And playing video games every day, which sounds great. But when I sat down and I realized I was literally doing that day in and day out, and it was mostly because I'd come home, I'd sit down, I'd smoke a J, and I'd be done. That would be it. I wouldn't yeah. want to do anything else. And I just realized that this isn't for me. You know what I mean? I got yeah. to stop. And when I stopped, everything changed. You know, I was right, able to right. get motivated. I was able to go and do things. But again, that's my experience. That doesn't that doesn't correlate to everybody else. Right. No, I have friends who, who can do it all day long, no problem. Yeah. For me, when the few times that I I've done it, every time I was like, "This is great," and I'm sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> I slept amazing. I slept amazing. But yeah, yeah, mine was like, "Where's the couch? Where's the Xbox right. controller? Is that ice cream?" <laughs> I was like, "I am the 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 full on prototypical stoner that you see that they always show in the movies." That is completely me. You know what I mean? And so I just stopped. But that's yeah. I loved Cheech and Chong. I still love oh, Cheech and Chong. I when we had when when I knew he was coming on, I went back and I watched uh, Up in Smoke, or whatever one's on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix, or it's on Hulu, nice, or nice. it's on CBS, or it's on HBO. I have them all, so it's on one of those streaming services. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. It's on something. <laughs> yeah, and I, I sat and watched it, and I was giggling. You know what I mean? I was giggling, and I was giggling on things I knew were coming. <laughs> You're anticipating it. <laughs> yeah, I'm anticipating it because the last time I watched Cheech and Chong up in smoke was, I think I was 16, 17 years old. So oh, it's man. been I think I was, I was 30 say, years. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. That makes me sound so freaking old. But yeah. You are freaking old. Yeah, not really. 
Not even. I'm not I mean, even 50 yet. I still got like four years. 30, 30 years ago, I was eight. So there you 30 go. years ago, I was 16. Yeah. So yeah, you're the, you're the old one today, not me. Sure. <laughs> I can lift but things. But I hope, I, I hope we can have him come back on and talk about his documentaries working on with his daughter. That'd be awesome. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be really so interesting. Be a, so yeah, yeah. And he gave us some great life advice and shared some books that he's really into. Uh, if you're into spirituality and things that changed the way he thought of, of the universe and the things around him, check out those books. And yeah, you definitely should. And I think I think with that, that's a show. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. No, I, I was I was thinking about it, but then I was like, no, we just said that, so that's a show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is a show. I hope you guys really enjoyed that as much as I did, being able to sit down and talk with an industry icon. I don't know how else to say it because he is. He's a legend. I, he is. He is. And man, if you love that then there's more people just like Tommy Chong over at spoilerverse.com in our back issues and you really should check it out because you'll be shocked with the people that we've interviewed and yeah, well, let's be clear there's nobody like Tommy Chong but there's a bunch of other people that we've <laughs> talked to that are awesome <laughs> well there's there's nobody on the level of comedy like that but there's yeah, some, there's yeah. some amazing people in there that are as big in their own right oh I 100% agree Are you not going to talk about this website, the other podcasts? No, no we're in, done in the store and looking no, fly as no. hell. Nah, not today. I think. I mean, I think with Tommy Chong, you, you, if you're talking about Tommy Chong, you're already fly as hell. Okay, so you're not going to tell people that they should go to the spoilerverse.com and click on the store link and see all the cool shirts and. Yeah, no, not today. I think we're good. Okay, okay. Or the other podcasts that are there, like Bridging the Geekdom and Shooting the Sith and Polygon Warriors and Misery Point Radio and. All those other I think cool we say it a lot. I think I think we say it too much, man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, there you guys go. All right. There's only one <laughs> thing left go. to do, right? What's that? In Ocean's the podcast. We are Cthulhu. As Cthulhu compels you to do. Oh, my. And we are. <laughs> <laughs> that was great.